Hello, electrifiers, and welcome to your weekly roundup of all the latest news and ramble about the world of electric cars from the gang at electrifying.com. This week, we can finally talk about the Polestar 4, which has got people talking for one very big reason. We're also going to discuss the Jeep Wagoneer uh, and the Volvo that we're all going to have to wait a little bit longer for, along with Peugeot's plans for the future. Plus, we'll be answering your car buying questions and dipping into the post bag to find out what you've been saying to us over the past week. Welcome, everyone, to the Kilowatt Half Hour. I'm Ginny. I'm Tom. And I'm Mike. So, um, how are we all? It's been a busy week, hasn't it, in the car world, electric car world? It has been a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's also getting warmer, which has given me another 20 miles of range on the car. Oh, no, my i5 suddenly got another 40 miles. Mm-hmm. I know. Yay! <laughs> and we shouldn't be happy about that, but we are. Um, I think the big story this week, should we kick mm. off with um, Polestar 4? Um, which is really interesting, isn't it? Because we are obviously very used to cars making headlines for all the things that they've got, you know, new electric cars. But this one has made massive headlines, actually, um, for the one thing, of course, it hasn't, which is a rear window. I think it broke the internet a bit that yesterday, didn't it? it people are just so up in arms um, about it. And even if they like the idea that they're talking about it, um, I can't imagine a new car launch getting quite the amount of media coverage that this one got in the mainstream media. Um, and then, Tom, you and I were chatting yesterday about this. Mm. And you mm. said, yeah, but of course, there's loads of people out there driving cars, will be driving vehicles, will be wondering what everybody's on about. And yeah, course, well, van, van drivers, of course, yeah. they generally can't see behind them, so they don't have a rear view mirror. <laughs> and I don't know if you rent a van or something, you always like, I always instinctively look up to the top of the windscreen and there's nothing there. So you yeah, get yeah, used too. to using the other, the other but I I don't know, I I haven't sat in the Polestar 4 yet. I, I think it might be a little bit weird. I know it's got that camera, but I'm not quite sure I get on with those. I'm, I'm sure you get used to it and it maybe has other advantages. Um but I'm not sure. Well, we you? have a full video of that um, on the on the site. If you go to electrifying.com and you um, put Polestar 4 into the search, you'll be taken to our preview, which has got Nicola's uh, video. And I went along actually to have a look at it, and Nicola and I were sat in the back. And I think we were both expecting it to be quite a bit weird and dark in there. It's not at all. It's a really nice, um, really nice interior, but the back seats are lovely. I think what they're saying is that they've able to been able to get a bit more headroom and a bit more room, and it does feel very spacious in the back. I don't think you'd struggle in there, Mike. Mm. And you are always our benchmark, aren't you, for how yeah. much headroom there is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like our human human ruler, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm, you know, I was, it's always good to have a purpose, isn't it, in life? But uh, if, if only to to measure the back seats, you know, of cars. Yeah. But I mean, the, the the mirror thing's interesting, isn't it? Because we had a couple of comments on on social yesterday when we put it out, and um, it it sort of dawned on me. I, I can't work out why I don't like them. I don't get on with them. Um, there's only when someone pinged in and said, um, "I had them on my Megan, but I, I hate it. I turned it off because on the Megan you can flip between mirror and the digital screen." And he says, "I wear glasses and." It messes with because you, you obviously you look at a mirror. You, your focal point is way beyond the actual thing that you're looking at. It's way beyond the actual mirror itself. And yeah. So because I wear this guy says because I wear glasses, 
and that isn't my focal point so it's it's really difficult to kind of use and they ended up making him feel ill or whatever and just couldn't use them anyway so i realized obviously i'm a glasses wearer that's maybe the reason why i don't get on with it and maybe because i've only driven a car for maybe a couple of hours with it whether you're doing day after day after day you do get used to it. It'd be interesting to know if there's any any listeners out there who do who were sceptical of being turned around one way or the other, either loved them, then hated them, or hated them, then loved it. Um, you know, it'd be interesting yeah. to know. And, what and, also, and also just about cameras in general, because we've chatted a lot, well, I think we've chatted on the podcast before about um cameras instead of side mirrors. Hmm. And that's kind of like there was such a lot of chat about that. Do you remember when it was the Audi Tron came out and that was yes. like, you know, they have them and then um the the little Honda E they seem to have disappeared a bit those i haven't had mm. any i haven't seen a new car sort of shouting about the fact it's got mm. cameras wing mirrors in ages can you remember what no i think audi quietly dropped them didn't they yeah. they uh nobody liked them and they were too expensive and i think there was a, a genesis which had them and i worked out that it would take <laughs> 10 years to get the payback on the option cost from oh the, yeah i the, remember that yeah from the, uh, I, the the improvement in aerodynamics i think the thing the thing is with it, uh, and we must stop talking about the Polestar windows and perhaps actually talk about some things like the price and what the range yeah. is going to be and its charging speeds in a second. But I think what's interesting is we do this thing on electrifying that we that you and I worked on, which was called Green Heroes, and it's about looking at the overall emissions of a car, particularly pertinent with electric cars, because they do produce a lot more emissions in their manufacturing process. And car makers are you know, some of them in, more than others are trying to reduce their overall emissions. And that obviously includes massively the manufacturing and the supply chain. Volvo, um, Volvo and Polestar are doing a lot of work in this in this area. And Polestar actually have said that it, this has got the, its lowest, it's the lowest carbon footprint to date of any Polestar. Not, not a massive, you know, accolade because they haven't released that many of them, but it's still, you know, still good. Um, but I do think I had some really interesting conversations with um, quite a few people who lead sustainability programs at different brands. And the one thing they all come back to is reducing the complexity in cars, getting rid of the parts. You know, obviously you do need things like doors and, and, and wheels. It'd be quite hard if they got rid of those. But um, the more, the less parts they have to manufacture and press, it can help with reducing those overall emissions. And I do think that this isn't just a case of Volvo going, oh, we're not going to put a back window in because that will make everybody talk about it a lot. I think there is some genuine stuff there around design, but also around that just desperately trying to reduce the, the parts in the car. Am I mm. being overly kind? Do you agree? No, no I, th I think you're probably right. I think that um, glass is probably quite heavy as well. So really? if you can get rid of a large glass panel, that's going to help. And also, I think it's not that thermally efficient. So if you think of your house, all the heat leaks out of the uh, the windows, doesn't it? So if you can have some insulated material like steel with a, a, a liner on it, it's probably going to mean that you're using the heater less. Because an electric car is very important. So yeah. should we just quickly run through the stats on the car? <laughs> just because yeah. we realize not. So it's pricing, I think, surprised a few people. I saw a couple of comments on our electrifying um, Twitter or X or whatever it's called these days on uh, on the feed saying from P2, Polestar 2 owners who are a bit like, oh, disappointed because it's coming in at just under 60, isn't it? It's going to start. Mm. It's quite a, it's quite punchy. I mean, having sat inside, it's a very, very beautiful interior. It really does feel like a special place to be. Um, battery, 94 kilowatt hour. They're saying a range of 379 miles. And I think 
the the charging speed is pretty good. Two hundred, um, it'll take up to two hundred kilowatts. Which, considering it's only got four hundred volt architecture, they've done some clever engineering around that. But I think the other contentious thing about it, from my point of view, is that they've said it's an SUV coupe. And yeah. Sorry, no, it's it, SUV. Either of you? No. I mean, we looked. We did. We ran the sums on it. It's, I think it's fifty millimeters taller than an Audi A6. Um, estate so it's you know it's hardly it's hardly a Kia EV9 is it I think it, that's mm. d- purely down to marketing and search isn't it and the people do look for SUVs yeah. I know there's a general feeling of we want to move away from that but uh, I think it's in probably an, uh, entirely a marketing thing rather than saying it's a premium saloon which gets probably gets it's an old-fashioned phrase isn't it whereas SUV coupe is kind of you know it's that's still true, pounds currency it? so yeah, it must just purely be that because it isn't it, you, you, as you say you look at it you think that's not it's not an SUV, is it? Mm. Or even a coupe, because yeah. it's got a proper sort of tailgate as well, hasn't it? So it's, um, yeah, a bit it's, misleading. It's, yeah. I also know, I think you're right, cars get called, categorised for marketing, don't they? Yeah, and I, I, know, I remember, I Well, exactly. So yeah. I remember talking to Ian Callum. Did you ever talk to Ian Callum about this? No, no. He absolutely refused to categorise, when you spoke to him, what cl- what category the the I-PACE was. He mm. was like, no, I'm just not doing that because in my mind, it doesn't fall into a category. Of course, then, you know, the might of the JLR marketing machine got involved and it, and it had to have a category and a, and a positioning. But for Ian as a designer, he wouldn't be drawn on it at all. It's quite interesting talking to him about it. Mm. But you go onto the so, website and it didn't just say it's, you know, it's, Jaguar's premium electric SUV, doesn't it? And you look at it, you think, well, they've got the wrong picture in there. But no, that's, that's entirely what it's called. Anyway, do let us know your thoughts on um, Polestar 4 in the comments below. Or you can email us, of course, info at electrifying.com with any questions that you've got about it. Love to hear what you think. What do you make of the the first car that we can think of, mainstream car, without a windscreen? Well, windscreen, God, that would be not. No, God, I didn't mean that. Without a rear window. <laughs> That's really taking things to another level, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> oh dear. So, right, okay. Mike, what's caught your eye this week? Um, well, we've had, uh, we, we don't know a lot about it, but um, there's a Jeep Wagoneer, which, um, again, bringing back another name from the past that I know you're quite fond of, uh, Jenny. But it's it's going to be kind of like a big Range Rover rival, hopefully, bef- well, possibly before Range Rover do their own one. So we know practically nothing about it which is teased with a couple of images and an interior so it's going to have three 350 mile range 600 brake horsepower that's kind of it that's all we know at the moment but uh, i know you two guys really liked it and i, I you you said oh have you seen the wagoneer and I, I hadn't at that point and i looked it up and in my mind i've got wagoneer you know a, a nicer american station wagon with wood on the sides and of course I thought you'd put the wrong pictures in, so they think there's something that looked like, you know, probably <laughs> overgrown Fisker Ocean. Um, so you know, uh, you two like it, but I was I was a little underwhelmed. But I, I appreciate I am not the target market of this kind of car, and I imagine building a car, an old kind of woody estate, would be madness um, commercially. So I can see why it was, looks the way it does. But um, you two guys are up for it, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I I mean, when I when the pictures dropped with me, I sent it over to you, Tom, mm. and was like, mm, mm. I like, like the look of this. But I, I I'm slightly feel slightly saddened it doesn't have some wood paneling somewhere on it. Maybe yeah. that will that will appear when we see production versions as optional extras and things. I thought it looked quite sexy. I like the look of it. Yeah, I, I think the Jeep Wagoneers are kind of designed for the American market, aren't they? I mean, they're huge. Even the old ones are huge. Yeah. And I think that we haven't got any dimensions on this, but I think it's going to be 
a large car. I think it's going to make yeah. yeah, it's going to make a Range Rover look small. Um, <laughs> So uh, it's meant to be coming here. It's meant to be coming right-hand drive, which I think is a first for the Wagoneer. I don't think the old ones were. Some cheap geeks out there will tell me if it was. But um, uh, if it's going to come here, maybe people will like it. They bought those big Mercedes things, didn't they? They just looked too big for for UK roads. So maybe, I don't know. I think I'm quite liking what Jeep are doing now at the moment. I mean, the Avenger, I think, just impressed all of us for being a great reinvention at completely the opposite end of the scale, wasn't it? Because it's now, yeah. it is a, a Jeep that you feel comfortable seeing in cities because it, it's small and compact. Um, so I think it will be really interesting to see it. I do think they're doing some quite exciting stuff. I actually don't know who's heading up Jeep's design team at the minute, but I think they're, you know, they're producing some good looking cars. So yeah, I'm quite excited about that one. Okay. Um, Tom, and what has caught your eye this week? Uh, well, I, I went to a, well, I sat through a Peugeot press conference, which uh, announced oh, three God. things which were... Did we, did we compensate you for that? Did we, I'm like, you know, send somebody paid. to give you a massage, get some chocolates <laughs> delivered for you? <laughs> no? <laughs> well, well the, the first part of it was that they are going to do an eight-year warranty on uh, E3008, uh, which is quite a big move for them. No, no other European maker does... Such a long mm-hmm. warranty. I mean, Toyota have a ten-year warranty. Uh, MG and Kia have seven years. Um, and of course, you have to keep up your servicing at the Peugeot dealer in order to get it. And they say it may go to other models, electric models in the range. But it's part of their uh, their plan to kind of shore up the residual values of their electric cars, which aren't great at the moment. And of course, that's that's pretty good. The thing is, it's only on the um, the powertrain, so the battery already has. Uh, eight years and 100,000 miles, and now it's the the motors and the chargers and everything else. So it's not, you know, if you break a door handle, that's not going to be covered. Um, it's just the, uh, the the rest of the, the uh, powertrain bits that will be. Okay. Um, the other thing they did was that they're introducing chat GPT on the E3008. And I was kind of cynical, but and I thought, what's the point? I mean, they can't even get voice activation to work in most cars, can can the car makers? Um, they showed a video demonstration of it, and it appeared to be. And the, the example they used was, uh, what's the most famous picture painted by Picasso? And they said, oh, it's going to go. Oh, where can I go and see that? Can you navigate me to that museum? And it, would you do that? I, I mean, it's more likely to be fewer distractions in cars, not more. Actually, would you? Would it be good if you were in a different, a new like we all travel around a lot? Okay, so I'm going to I'm going down to Bristol tonight. So in Bristol, I don't know where to go for dinner. That could Mm. be quite nice. Mm. So tell me what the best Indian restaurant in Bristol is, and then navigate me to it. Or tell me where the nearest McDonald's is. Yeah, Taj Mahal. Wouldn't personally (laughs) go down that route, but you know. Michelin star would be good. I could, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it's, a, it's a gimmick, isn't it? Would you all use it? What do you think, lovely, lovely uh, electrifying listeners? Chat GPT in cars, is it just a gimmick or do we think it will actually become a thing that we will all use? Let's discuss in the comments or via email. Um, can I just quickly move on and mention the fact that... Um, the the long list for the world car of the year for 2024 has been revealed 
So um, I'm obviously involved in this process as a, a UK doer, and it's quite a long process because they have a, a massive list of contenders. Then it's whittled down to um, 10 for the overall car and then five in the different categories. And then it goes to the final three. And then the final winner gets announced on the uh, 27th of March at the New York show. You intrigued? Should I tell you what the in 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 the electric vehicle category? Would you like to know? Because obviously, because a global award, so obviously, different markets are coming to electric at such different paces. So there are a lot more um, petrol and diesel cars popping up in this than perhaps there might be in Europe. But the, in in purely the electric vehicle category, I, d- I don't know any surprises here. Um, BMW i5 is a finalist. Kia EV9. Mercedes EQE, um, Volkswagen ID7 and the Volvo EX30, which of course was our car of the year, wasn't it? Any surprises in there for either of you two? Because there was one big mission that surprised me. See if you can guess which car I'm surprised isn't in there. Hmm. I'll do a sound effect. Seal, oh, seal, dolphin, seagull, yes, yeah. fish. <laughs> is is that because they're not in the US or something? No, not not that one. That's actually in the overall list. I'm doing the waves in the ocean. Oh, ah. Ah. oh come on. You would have thought that was a sure thing. Any better sound effects than mine, Mum? No, I haven't for that. No, no. No. You got any sound effects? No. I've got loads, um, but nothing that's water related. I'll do better next week. Yeah. I thought the ocean um, would be in there because I do think the ocean personally is better than a couple of cars that have made that, that final five. Well, was it mentioned why they're not in there? Did they not? Yeah, because it, it's just people So we, we have, we, we all drive the cars in, in our own markets, but also there's a driving event that happens in the US every autumn. So people went out there, drove. No idea why they had cars there. I mean, personally, I was surprised it wasn't in there. And it's also not in the, there's a long list for the overall car of the year. And that is the BYD Seal, the Ford Bronco, the Kona in both powertrains, electric and also uh, combustion engine, Hyundai Santa Fe, EV9, Mazda, CX90, Subaru Crosstrek, the Prius, the VW ID7 and the Volvo EX30 are the finalists. So, yeah. Talking of EX30s. Yeah, go on. Oh, Yes. What a, okay. what a great segue. Please, come on, Mike. Round of applause for Tom for the best segue of the podcast. Um, it can do it. Oh, love it. Do that again. <laughs> uh, it's been delayed, and we don't know how long for, but we think to up to six months. Um, and the reason is... Uh, what? Sorry, they, say, wait, say that again. Up, up to, to six months. Six months. Yeah. Uh, and the reason is uh, the software. So, uh, I mean, they haven't said what. I think the software generally on on the car, the other cars that are made on that platform has been a little bit flaky in places. I'd say when we've driven the cars, it's been a, a little bit strange. Um, and I think perhaps Volvo have been a bit stung by some of the criticism uh, that that cars had and have gone a bit back to the drawing board. I think. Mm. Oh, okay, be an interesting one. Um, Mike, talking about you as a human ruler, as we were doing yes. a little earlier, yes. how do you manage to squeeze yourself into the Fiat 500e, which I think, have you been 
have you been in that recently again? as you know yeah well yes it went back yesterday as you know it's one of my favorite electric cars one of our favorite electric cars electrifying.com yeah. and it's 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 a lovely thing it was it's our, nice our first car of the year winner wasn't it, it? It was, and it's always nice to kind of reconnect with um, cars that you drove a couple of years ago because we drive so many other cars in between that it was nice just to get into this and see what what it's like, um, how it's aged effectively. So it was really nice. It was, it was, a, it was a mid-spec one. It was an Icon spec. It was a really odd set of equipment on it. So it's got like the sort of doors that you can open just by pressing the, the door handle and that kind of thing, a wireless car plane. I think this is all lovely. It doesn't have parking sensors. Um which I've got used to. Um, this is very much a first world problem, uh, and I apologise for being spo- a spoiled brat. But you know, I was I was <laughs> I was, I was reversing it, and um, I was getting fairly close to the wall, which I always park up against. And uh, the and I was thinking, this is nice. They're, they're not going off madly because in the Hyundai, in my Ionic Five, they go off in your, if you're in the same postcode as wherever the hazard is. You know, they just it warns you far too much. Um, and so I was re- I was reversing in, and it sort of dawned on me. I thought. Has it got the parking sensors? I put the brake on in time, um, but yeah, I realised it didn't. It didn't have them, and um, it's. Oh, and I sound like a real sport brat here. I drove it at night for the first time, and it's got halogen headlights. Um, and I, I can't remember the last time I had a car I drove other than the old my old Smart, which I've got in the garage. Um, <laughs> I realised how bad halogen headlights were. How did we get anywhere without falling off the road? Because it was like having two oh. candles at the front of the car. It was really, really, really dark. So it's um yeah. It was it was lovely to reconnect with it. It was lovely to drive a sort of basic, stripped out, honest car. Um, but yeah, I think the five hundred is great. I think they could just improve if they could make it cheaper. I think they would really do really well with this car. That's the big problem with it. Do you remember we were chatting about this week? We were reminiscing, weren't we? When it came out, there was a version that was just under twenty thousand pounds, which actually yeah. felt mm. about right for it. Yeah. Mm. And it felt like this is brilliant. This is going to get, and that's why we we gave that was the version we gave our car of the year to because we felt it would get lots more people into electric. Wow, that feels like a, something many many years ago, doesn't it? Because it's yeah. it's too much now. It's too much money. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of money. But it was not. It was lovely to drive, and I, I you know used used. They make a lot of sense. They're kind of. 14, 15 grand now for a, a, a fairly sort yeah. of basic trim ones. Lovely, perfect car. Yeah, really good. Um, okay, um, we've we've had a brilliant postbag again this week. You were saying, Great. can we? Should we move? Should we move on to Postman Mike? We should move on to Postman Mike. And can I just say we've had a few people saying that half an hour isn't long enough, and we should be the kilowatt three quarters of an hour, or three quarters of an hour, or the kilowatt hour. Um, so we might we might overrun this one. If you think it's too long, please let us know. But uh, we've got so much to get through. I just really wanted to kind of yes. um, cover everything. And uh, we've had two car buying questions from our listeners. Oh, I like that. That's good. We'd love to get more of those. So can we just get, before we do move on to the postback, can we please just get an answer to, you know, where we officially stand on the postman mic jingle? Because I, I, I like it. I, I think you're the only one, Ginny. Nicola likes it. You're the only two, Ginny. But then that's half of us. Uh, it's not, it's not, it needs to be fully it needs to be everybody we had a, a funny jar wolf who i'm going to preempt now who asked us a car buying question said um the only reason uh the reason the reason mike doesn't like the jingle is he secretly he loves it he thinks i'm denying it because i enjoy the attention but i'm being too bashful about it but no i can i can, I can assure you i can't stand it so it's uh it's not actually yeah. putting on that so i agree I completely agree. I think you do really like it. And because of that, I'm actually going to give you a rendition. Postman Mike, 
Postman Mike, Postman Mike, and his electric bike. Yes, at Manos, Tom, that's twenty-four. How do I mute? You dare edit it out, Manos. It's obviously much more fun when somebody joins in. But anyway, I'll wait until Nick's back for that. Shall we go? Right, on go on, post that. Yeah, yeah, okay. let's get on with it. Car buying list. William McBride has a good one for us. Um, he's been searching for new electric cars um, on his mum's behalf, and he's looking. At, she's looking at trading a nine-year-old diesel and considering an electric car. So brilliant. Um, he said, "I've seen the Honda Eny One, which, as we know, is the Honda Ernie, uh, and it has a, a sticker price of forty-five thousand pounds new. Um, but he's seen them um, advertised as new, um, no mileage, for thirty-four thousand pounds um and he's assuming that's because it hasn't had a particularly warm reception which i would tend to agree with um he said his mum's a honda fan and he's had three in the past purely because she knows they're going to be reliable and test, stand the test of time um, she'd be more inclined to switch to electric and a car brand that she has some faith in would you recommend it as a first ev over to you <sighs> can i pass well, yeah, I, I, I will say that I understand that I've had Honda motorbikes in the past because I know they will work. And if people get to know their dealer and they've got a relationship with them and they know they're going to be nice to them and explain things like how to go electric, then it kind of makes sense. Now, what we have said about that Honda is that it's not a terribly special car and it's too expensive. But yeah. you look on the deal at the deals on them now, and I don't understand how it works in the car marketing department that you make a car... £42,000 and then give a £9,000 discount and 0% finance. But if the dealer is essentially making it 34000 suddenly that car doesn't look so bad, does it? Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh... Do you know what? I'm just looking actually at the review over on um, electrofine.com and I think that's the thing that we're just, we all say about it in that. It's the price. Mm. You know, it, you can't, why would you pay extra over some talented competition? which offer more for less. Again, you know, so it, it's true, isn't it? It's an okay car. It's not a bad car, but it's been the price that was our biggest issue. Mm. But I think it's just a, an electric car made for Honda lovers, really, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I, th I think we would say if the price is right, go for it. Yeah, I think the price is right. You're happy with the service. Even if you get fantastic service from your dealer, if she's been buying cars for, you know, nine years or whatever from Honda, she knows the people, you know you're going to get a good deal. You don't need that extra stress of finding a new brand. That's something you're uncomfortable with. So, yeah, I mean, as a car, it was fine. As you say, the only thing we had a big issue was for the mileage and the range it got. It was too much money, a bit like the Honda E was. So, yeah, I would say... William, go for it. And if it's awful, don't blame us. So, yeah, we'll go for that. Also, just one, one caveat to put in there. The range isn't the best on it, is it? It's no. not a real world driving range. So just, I'm guessing, you know, if your mum's going to be doing loads of long journeys, then that might be a bit more stressful because you will need to use yeah. public charging. So consider that as well. But if this is a car for a daily runaround, then, you know, proceed with caution. Indeed, indeed. Okay, the second one we've got is um, Jarwolf, possibly not his real name or her real name. Current lease on a Kia e-Nero 4 Plus is ending in four months and need to choose a new EV. Uh, it's great range. Uh, it's the right size, not too big and easy to operate. So uh, this is the old shape e-Nero, as it was called. Mm -hmm. The new model looks, um, the updated model looks great. Um, it's, so it's got everything that's been addressed that was an issue with the early one, but it's now more than £42,000 with all the gadgets that he wants on it, which is a lot more than 
he must paid for his e-nero so he's wanting to know what what he should do he spotted that the tesla new model the new revised updated highland tesla model 3 has a lot longer range 344 mile uh, wltp range the fast charging and, and some the same amount of toys as his uh his knee nero has should he go for that instead that's what he wants to know yeah <laughs> yeah, that, that was my sort of initial kind of thing. Was thinking, well, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, I, I, the only reason you wouldn't, I suppose, is if you need a hatchback, and the E Nero, I think, is hmm. you know more practical if you need to get a bike in, for example. But uh, I'm sure there are Model Three owners who know how to move a bike around and, yeah. and tackle IKEA shopping. But um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, that's the problem that all car manufacturers have got now is that everything's compared to a Model Three. I think, yeah, as, as Tom said, I mean, the fact that you're consider, you've, you put a Model 3 down as one of your options suggests that, you, you know, you're not going to be loading mountain bikes into the back of it and you, the, the, the saloon shape would, would work for you. Uh, Model Y is also getting, because there's a refresh coming of the Model Y, um, it's going to get a similar kind of treatment that the Model 3 got in terms of updates. So I guess demand so- is softening off for that as well. So there'll be equally good lease deals on those as well. Um, yeah. yeah, I think, I, you know, it's always a default thing to recommend a Tesla, isn't it, to somebody? It's usually if they're going electric for the first time because the supercharging net makes such a difference. But, you know, you can't argue with the figures that they're offering um, Model 3s on a lease are. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd, 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 I'd be confident to say that'd be a good a good choice. The, the one thing I would say, though, having driven it recently and, and the you know that I didn't get on massively with the buttons on the steering wheel, mm. Partly because it doesn't suit the roads around where I live, and I wasn't a big fan of having to use the gear selector in the screen. I just, I would make sure you really do drive it. You like to go for a proper drive in it, um, yeah. and just check that you. I mean, Nicola got used to them quicker than I did. I I didn't like it as much. We've all got different opinions on it. It's really down to you. You may just find that actually it just irritates you a bit. So I would just make sure you drive it properly as well would be my take proper test drive excellent excellent well, and if anyone else has got any buying uh quandaries um and wants <laughs> to have a stab in the dark about what they should buy please let us know in the in the comments below on the youtube video we're always always glad to help um shall i move on to the main post bag now yes please okay okay i will do right <laughs> Right, I've got my printouts from everything from the print room. Last week, we had a lovely message from Hayley, uh, owner of a Citroen Ami. Do you remember? And she she, moaned, she said that she wasn't happy with your plan to remove all the Type 2 connectors from um, council areas and public areas. Well, um, we asked her how she was getting on with it, and she's replied. She's, she's come back to us, Ginny. Um, she says, I own a Citroen Ami Vibe. Um, I was slightly disappointed with, with Ginny saying about the, the Type 2 connectors because she was the person whose video persuaded me to buy one. So there you go. The positive okay. and the negative. Um, I think I said all of them. I, I didn't like want them all gone. It was just that let's have a, a, a spread of charging rather than just those. Yeah, didn't I, I say that? Yeah. Okay. We'll have to look at the tapes, Ginny. Um, she said, um, <laughs> she said Every, everyone thought I was mad, but I ordered one and it came in April 2023. I charged my local Osprey charger because it has a Type 2 connectors. Uh, she commutes daily, a daily commute of 18 miles round trip. 
Uh, it takes two hours to charge up those 18 miles when she's plugged in, but she doesn't, it doesn't have any home charging. So she uses a tough leads charger cable so she can charge at home, but she's on a busy road in a lay-by. So I guess she just moves, runs the cable over, over the, the site, the pavement. I don't know. She says she put traffic cones in front to protect her. Love your video, she says. So, you know. Oh, that makes me so happy that, that Harami is a her, and I bet she has a name. If she has a name, please do reply and tell us she has a name. One thing you might, you might be interested in is you can apply now in some areas for cable gullies to be fitted um, in front of your house. I don't know how if that would be an option for you, but it might be you know something worth investigating in case it is. Um, yeah, that's it does make that hassle of having cables all over the place a lot easier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I wasn't being completely down on them all. It was just more that I thought we needed a mix of cables. I'm very happy you've got an army because I do really, really love it actually. Um, and I wish I was in a situation where I had, you know, regular short journeys that I could, I could have one because I would in a heartbeat. I think it's such a, a fun car, happy car. And let us know what her name is. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good to, it's good to hear um, people making it, making it work. Uh, right, okay, a couple of subjects. On the subject of cars getting too big, okay, Patrick Gardner says, um, I do sometimes wonder if I live on the same planet as most car journalists. Um, why <laughs> is a mo- yeah, yeah, why is a modern Mini the size of a medium to large family saloon um, that we would have had 50 years ago? And they're hard to park, have pointless top speeds, uh, and, and top speeds that are illegal not to use on public roads. Small cars were always the most fun. Why do we think we need the cars to be so bloated and ridiculous? He says K cars are the answer, which are Japanese market, very small cars that have a specific footprint they can't be any bigger than that so it's a tricky one isn't it I mean I was talking to um on the BYD Dolphin launch last year I was talking to a chassis and engineering guy and he said the Dolphin is about the smallest car you can make and still get a five car five star NCAT rating he said the the NCAT tests are so tough that you can't physically make a smaller car out of steel you can make one out of something unobtainium would be really stupidly expensive out of standard sort of components and materials that can withstand and, and get you a five-star rating. Um, and he asked me, he said, does he think, do you think that that customers would be willing to, you know, get a smaller car if it's only got a three-star NCAT rating? It's a, it's an optics thing, isn't it? Do you want to be the brand that doesn't sell a five-star car? So, but that's the reason why they're getting bigger and we're, we're getting bigger as people and, and we just want bigger, comfortable cars, can't we? So do we ever see a return to really small stuff? Well, uh, Amy, rest my case with that one. I, yeah, I guess for certain yeah. is really it, not a car. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> no, you know what I mean. I'm not being facetious. Yeah, told me it's not a car. <laughs> um, do I see? Would I buy? I don't know. Personally, I would. I wouldn't buy a car that had a, re- a much lower NCAT rating. I don't think I wouldn't. I, yeah, and I, and I think I know a lot of people, particularly people who are putting their kids in cars, that feel the same. Mm. Um, mm. I think there will be a return to smaller cars as we move more and more into different levels of autonomy, personally. And, you know, I think that's when it becomes perhaps smaller city cars that are autonomous and this idea that little taxis could come and pick you up. But I think we will see some quite interesting stuff happening at that much smaller end of the market to know what do you reckon tom well i think that the dacia spring is going to be the the new small electric car isn't it but that i think will have an ncap rating which is 
you know, compromised, I suppose they would mm. say. But uh, uh, if you think about the, the doors on a, an old Super Mini, they were kind of that thick, weren't they? And now yeah. you have to have them that thick to get side protection bars and airbags and all the other things we expect. But there's interesting, there's things like that they're moving the speakers, I think, on the EX30, don't they? Yeah. They're now on the dashboard rather than having them in the doors. So maybe they can start to narrow them down a bit because I think they know it's a problem. Mm. And a wide car has a bigger frontal area, which means it's got more aerodynamic drag, which means you have less range. So perhaps it's going to come. I think it needs to. I mean, uh, my son's got a Fiat Panda, an old Fiat Panda, and I'd sometimes take it to the station because I know that the only spaces yeah. left will be the one next to the pillar with a Range Rover parked over the white line. And it can fit in it. And it's joyous. Yeah. yeah uh, I'm, I'm off to see the, um, the new uh, Renault 5 for a sneak preview soon. And I know it will be interesting, I think, to see how that has grown in comparison to the original. And and I think the point that was raised, which was the Mini, the Mini is a great example. You see those old Minis and they look like tiny little things, don't mm. they now? Yeah, they do. That's a, that's a good link, actually, Ginny, to our next one, which is on the subject of cars getting too expensive, which is what we regularly hear about and don't really have an yeah. answer to. Uh, Green Goblin possibly not a real name, says, um, I've been waiting patiently for the new Renault 5, um, only to find out, um, or think he thinks that the, the, he's been told that the price is going to be around the £30,000 mark. He's really disappointed because his Renault dealer suggested prices would be between twenty and £25,000. says, can you find out any truth in this? Is it, going to be 30, is it going to be 30 grand? What have we heard on the grapevine? Well, it, it was initially... He's absolutely right. They were the prices that we had sort of bandied around. I strongly mm. suspect it will be more in the higher 20s, personally. Yeah. I don't mm. have any insider info on that, but that's just, you know, just taking a feel for where the market's at. I, I think there's going to be a, the Renault 4 is going to be the cheaper one, isn't it? So mm. that's going to kind of be the rival for the, the, the Citroen EC3. So it's going to be low 20s and the 5 is going to be high 20s is how I understand it. And then you'll have yeah. spring below that, won't you, as, as the kind of Renault groups cheaper, cheaper. So spring four, then five, I guess five goes up against mini, high end bits of um, Fiat 500, that kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah, I guess that will be. How, how much is that Fiat 500 you've just waved goodbye to, Mike? That must have been nearly 30, more than 30. Yeah, it was, yeah, which is about, yes, it was, a, yeah, just, it was about 25, mm. something like that. So, yeah, mm. 25, 26. So, yes, it was, it was a chunk of money. Hmm. And interestingly, on this subject, we've got a podcast special coming out, actually, as a video that we've just recorded, which is looking at um, the the value of 12-month-old electric cars. And, and actually, yes, we talk a lot about the prices of new cars. There are start, We are starting to see some real bargains out there when it comes hmm. to almost new electric cars, and we're going to be revealing all the, the, the top 10 drops. Um, mm. So if you aren't already subscribed, please uh, make sure you do um, so you know when that one has landed because there'll be some interesting stuff in that. Um, anything else from the postback, Mike? I've got a few quick ones. Yes, a few quick shout outs. Luke uh, Messiah Nakajima says, um, I'm a great fan of your YouTube channel. Thank you very much, Luke. Um, and that's why I got my Hyundai Ionic 5 based on one of our, our video mm. reviews. Um, he said, I'm a disabled. I'm a disabled driver and I don't have home charging, but I'm managing really well. I'm thoroughly enjoying my driving experience with Arnic 5. Isn't that nice to hear? That's amazing. What? Absolutely brilliant. But also yeah. just not the challenge of not having home charging. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I'm yeah. so happy you like the Arnic 5. There is one member on the team 
particularly who has a big soft spot for that car. Yeah, the human ruler has one as well. Yeah, so that's human good. Um, yeah, um, Steve says, love your show, love the energy, but really miss the photos of the cars you're discussing on the podcast. We'll no. fix that. We'll sort that. That's that's down to me sending Manos a set of pictures. So yes, we'll we'll fix that on our old friend, our old friend, Stan, oh, Stan. Kangaroo Island TV. Ginny, you're in luck here because he says, thank you for watching my video and the shout out. Ginny, you'd be most welcome on Kangaroo Island. It'd be delighted to show you around. So um, I'm not in Entirely sure what you were doing for the rest of the year, but um, Stan's got an no, invite no, for you. Christmas 2025 is when we're next there. I'm going to have a big family Christmas out there, and it is on my list to come to Kangaroo Stan. Island at some point oh. over there. Call us. Message us. We'll put Ginny's mobile number in the description below so you can. <laughs> Finally, uh, Tassie EV. Um, uh, it says, uh, well, well, Mike, Nicola and Ginny, um, he's, she is, fur or Tassie, he or she, Tassie EV is actually further away because we always said that stands our furthest away uh, listener and reader. Um, but no, um, Tassie EV is based in Tasmania. Uh, fairly new to the Yay! podcast, but love it. Um, but would give a vote to make the kilowatt half hour an hour instead. But we're cracking on for that today. So uh, hopefully <laughs> I don't mind the, the slightly longer one. And finally, double act of the week. We have some real comedians in the um in the comments this week, uh, Rob Smith said, uh, the most compelling about thing about Vauxhall's EV offerings are the huge discounts available. It makes a mockery of their list prices. Oh, yeah. So that, oh, that was... That, that, yep. And then yes. below it, Phil, <laughs> Phil Taylor, Philip Taylor added, of course uh, they discount them. The list prices are astronomical. So oh. a round of applause for the two. That, too we are the true oh, cannon and ball of uh of commenters in our um in our comments this week does, so um does that does that mean it's copyrighted or can i steal those for you headlines? can steal we steal all that good stuff from oh, the okay. comments don't we so that's fine yeah, so that, they'll be popping a video on the youtube channel soon <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes the post bag for this week Ginny. lovely well it was a brilliant post bag and tassie special mm. at you my mum and dad are in tasmania next week Funnily enough, so maybe I'll send, I'll send mum and dad over to say hi to Tassie. Put their numbers in the description as well. Yeah, yeah. That was a brilliant post bag. Please keep them coming. They're fast becoming like such an important part of the show. Um, we have completely gone over our kilowatt half hour. We're more like a kilowatt three quarters of an hour. So if it's too long, let us know. You can blame Mike. It was his decision yeah. to do this. Uh, <laughs> Um, and we'll be back next week and also do watch out for that podcast special on all the bargains that you can get only in the UK sorry we weren't looking globally um, on electric uh, slightly used electric cars slightly used that sounds horrible doesn't it yeah <laughs> pre-owned almost new that's much pre -loved. better pre-loved uh, pre-loved pre-loved um, right from all of us thank you that was the kilowatt half hour ish see you next time bye bye, bye.